Welcome to the CCF Iowa podcast. Welcome back to the CCF podcast. My name is Lissy Pixley, and I am a campus minister here at Iowa State University. I'm excited to be with you today. Hopefully I'll get some chances to come back and do this again. Um, We today are wrapping up 1 Timothy. Uh, We'll be in chapter 6, so if you have your Bible handy, we'll get into some scripture a little bit later. Uh, I want to set up for you where we've been and then talk a little bit about where we're going. Um, As we've talked about the last few weeks, Timothy has been in Ephesus. Uh, Timothy is a uh, prodigy of Paul, um, and he's probably written Paul a letter explaining all of the issues going on in Ephesus, in the church in Ephesus, and is asking for some advice. Uh, My dad is a campus minister and and was for uh, 25 years, and uh, whenever I have issues that arise in the ministry, uh, things that I'm not sure how to handle, I definitely call my dad right away and say, hey, here's some issues, what do you think about it? In all of your wisdom, what would you do in these situations? And then my dad always talks me through the issues um, because like most things, there's nothing new under the sun. Uh, No problem is new and too wild. Um, It's all happened before and it will all happen again, uh, fortunately or unfortunately. And so um, because letter writing is the old school version of a phone call or a video chat, um, Timothy has probably been uh, communicating with Paul and, and, and wanting advice on all of these things. And so Paul writes back in his wisdom um, to, to kind of guide Timothy uh, so that Timothy can really guide the church well and that the church can really reflect who Christ is, who, who God is in the midst of their culture, um, yeah, sometimes uh, we as people uh, get in the way of what Christ is doing. And um, so we need some instruction from our elders and, and from those above us to point us back in the right direction. And so at the beginning of the book, we found that uh, Paul was discussing uh, warning against false teachers of the law, uh, basically that were using uh, the culture around them as the standard for Uh, what it looks like to be a Christian instead of using Christ as the standard for being a Christian and looking different from culture um, and being something that stands out from the culture around you. Um, And because this is such a huge issue in this church, in chapter 6, Paul brings it back around and discusses false teachings again, um, because often false teachings can, can sneak into Um, our churches and our minds, especially when we're so ingrained in the culture around us. Um, If you're on social media a lot, um, and especially more than you are in the Word, it's easy to to mix up the voice of the world um, with the voice of God um, and what he's trying to say. Um, And a lot of the the false doctrines sound appealing to us. Uh, One major one I know um, for a lot of Christians and for a lot of people who are interested in becoming a Christian is the the health and wealth gospel. And this idea that um, if you follow God, all of your problems will go away, that you'll be healed of all your sicknesses. 
um, and that you will get financial gain for following God. Um, I don't think we see this anywhere reflected in Jesus's life. Um, he says as he's wandering around that the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. So if you're going to follow him, chances are actually that um, you may have the opposite problem instead, that, that you won't have a great financial gain. And, and so there have been teachers coming uh, into Ephesus and people in the church who are saying, like, we really need to be following after getting money. Like, if we have wealth, then we'll be well taken care of. Um, and then, you know, there, there's no problem. That's, that's really what's important. And so if we love God, God will bless us and give us lots of money. Um, and so, um, Paul addresses this to Timothy in, uh, verses three, and we'll be going all the way through verse 10. And, and this is called the love of money. And it says, if anyone teaches false doctrines and does not agree to sound instruction of our Lord Jesus Christ and to the godly teaching, he is conceited and understands nothing. He has an unhealthy interest in controversies and quarrels about words that result in envy and strife, malicious talk, evil suspicions, constant friction between men, corrupt minds who have been robbed of the truth and who think that godliness is a means to financial gain. But, he says, godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and we can take nothing out of this world. For if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. But who want, or people who want to be rich fall into temptation and trap into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge men into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Some people, eager for money, have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. Uh, we see this in society today on um, those who um, perhaps own businesses. Um, it's a dangerous temptation to um, desire your profits, perhaps over uh, the wages of your workers or your ability to pay for insurance for your workers. Um, I, I think a good example uh, of this done correctly, uh, my husband works for a uh, Christian woman um, and uh, while she still works for profits, um, she for a while was a single mom and um, understood that it's really hard on other women, on other people um, to, to make ends meet and to also have insurance. Um, and while you're working hard, it's hard to further your education and to um, better yourself because you're so busy just trying to meet ends meet. And so instead of making huge financial gains for herself, um, she makes sure that she puts money into programs such as uh, furthering education where the people who work for her um, can take classes at our local community college um, to hopefully get them further in life. Uh, when we came on, uh, we were the first full family um, that uh, would be being taken care of by her, and she made sure um, at, a, at a loss to herself that we could have insurance so that our, our kids were covered and we're covered. And so um, a lot of people, the temptation is to, to cut corners and to take away some of those benefits and make sure that the employees aren't being taken care of so that the person on top can have the most amount of money. 
Um, and so the love of money can not only uh, hurt ourselves, but often can hurt other people. And uh, there also becomes a reliance on the money instead of God, as it says, uh, many have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs because of this love of money. And so they begin to rely on money and, and the things that money brings. And the more that we rely on money and ourselves, uh, the less we feel like we need to rely on God. And so it's an awesome tool for Satan to use uh, great wealth because then our we're not dependent on God um, as much as we are um, when we have less. Um, and Paul urges the uh, church in Ephesus and Timothy to, to help the people understand that sh they should be content with what they are, and that really godliness, as it says in verse 6, is great gain. Um, financial gain is okay, but godliness is something so much better, because the reality is, like Adam and Eve, and like little babies, we come into the world with nothing. Um, we're cute little naked babies um, that, you know, just have our parents. Um, and then when we die, uh, we don't take it with us either. Um, and so we shouldn't hang our hat on things in this world. Uh, we're going to jump down to uh, verse 17 uh, through 20. And, and basically, uh, Paul is giving instruction. Instead of putting hanging your hat on financial wealth, um, getting wrapped up in the love of money and this false doctrine that... Um, being a good servant of God equals uh, great financial gain. Uh, this, is, this is really the point that Paul wants to make. And it says, Command those who are rich in the present world to not be arrogant nor to put their hope in wealth, which is uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides for us everything for our enjoyment. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds and generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasures for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of life that is truly life. Uh, a couple of really cool, cool things in here. Um, a, a lot of times we're like, okay, so I, I can't accumulate wealth because God doesn't want me to, um, you know, ha have too much fun in this life. And I, and I love that in verse 17 it says uh, our hope is in God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Uh, God understands what really makes us happy, what really brings us joy, um, and it's not accumulating stuff. Um, stuff breaks, stuff falls apart. Um, if you someday maybe own a house or maybe you're a college student and you have a car, you know that you get really excited when you first get that thing, but then you just pour so much money into fixing it and to making it um, so that you can continue to drive it, and it often becomes a stress. Um, your joy is often stolen after a year or two or even after a couple of months, but God really understands our hearts and the things that bring us joy. And God wants us to have joy in this life and, and to have fun, but he understands where that really comes from. And that comes from being in connection with him. And that comes from connection with others and taking care of others. Um, if you've ever gone and um, served those who really need it, um, if you have ever helped a friend uh, who is struggling, um, you, you just know that there's so much more joy and fulfillment in that um, that, than having things for yourself. Um, and and the, the more that we continue to do that, the, the more 
um, we continue to feel good. But not only does it bless us, but it blesses others. And so uh, Paul isn't saying that money is bad. Um, but, but in the fashion of um, Spider-Man, with great wealth comes great responsibility. And so the more wealth that we have, the more we are called to share it with others. Um, and anyone who tries to preach otherwise um, is preaching a false doctrine. And so as we uh, kind of wrap up this whole section, um, I want to, to leave you with a challenge and to look at um, what God has financially blessed you with. Um, you may be a college student listening in and saying, whew, he hasn't financially blessed me with anything. Uh, I feel like I'm really struggling right now. Um, and the reality is uh, that may be somewhat true, um, but within that there, there's some wiggle room. And so, um, you know, look for opportunities on your campus to, to maybe help out at a food pantry. So say when you go buy groceries, uh, take some to the, the school food pantry so that others can have. Um, you know, if you, you know of a friend who maybe can't afford to uh, feed themselves because they're, they're paying rent and they're paying school tuition, um, buy some extra groceries for them. Um, and then as you go out from uh, graduating, if you're a student listening, um, make sure that you're setting aside uh, your wealth as you accumulate it to, to help those in need. Um, to, to continue to serve the community, to continue to uh, spread the message of the gospel. Um, and, and that's really where your joy will come from um, and, and where our joy ought to be wrapped up. And our um, God is, is who we define ourselves by. He is constant and he is unchanging. So I appreciate you all for joining in today. Um, and I pray that uh, you'll be able to come back as we continue into Second Timothy. Uh, as we wrap up this summer, be praying for our school year and for uh, just everything going on in our ministry. Hey, thanks for spending time with us today. If you have any questions about what you heard or any interest in learning more about CCF in Iowa, then please email us at ccf.uiowa at gmail.com and we would love to get you connected.